You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode 201. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world, and we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! What's Crack Pack Alec and Podcast World? Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode 201. Dos y Uno. Whoop! We are coming to y'all with a guest today. We haven't had a guest in uh, probably like a month of Sundays, boys. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, We've got Nick Verrett, and he is with Focus Missionaries. He is going to kind of tell us a little bit about himself, what he does, um, things of that nature. We're looking forward to it. Nick and I, we crossed paths, didn't realize it, knew who Nick was, but we didn't know each other back at the old Graywood gym. Um, and then a friend, uh, that we both know kind of put me in touch with Nick and his mission and what he's doing. Long story short, talked to him and thought he might be a, a good guest for the cast. So welcome aboard, Nick. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Nick, excited to hear, uh, what's going on in your world. Uh, I know it's an interesting, um, story of what you got going on so i'm looking forward to hearing about it excited to tell it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny how uh you know our, one of our main goals here is to motivate and inspire through faith and hope and it's really the best um opportunities we found is whenever we're just living our life and we run into people like at the gym and you, you learn about somebody's life and it inspires and touches you and it's just awesome to be able to share that uh, share your life with our listeners Absolutely, CC. Well, before we uh, hop into topic, Nick, I, I told you a little bit uh, as we correspond to precast, we like to do a little weekly segment of uh, Would You Rather? And that's kind of like a warm up, get the guest a little, uh, you know, warmed up to talking, things like that. And John, we both have one, so I'm kind of curious. I'll let you uh, take it. Okay. See what you got. Sweet. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> have you listened to any other episodes? You know what's coming? Yes. <laughs> All right, all right. So would you rather live out your vocation or do what you're doing in life, um, you know, where everyone knows you, or would you rather go off and do it by yourself? Kind of like what you're doing now, my man. Which would you rather? I would say, because I've been thinking about, I've honestly thought about this question. I didn't know you are going to ask it. But it was, it's, I would like to do it where people know me, but for the sake of, growing the faith like where you're <clears throat> where you're from is very important so that it can be more fruitful in its evangelization elsewhere because it's kind of like the you need to water where you're water the grass where you're at before you can go elsewhere i got you and we actually literally need tons of water over here it's so dry <laughs> <laughs> how about you cc yeah i'm with i'm with nick i like to be you know be doing it with the people yeah you know sharing that with others because you and, went away and came home yes 
I did, mm-hmm. as far as my vocation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in, in school, I did a lot of training elsewhere, but I always felt drawn to come back to my to my roots in my hometown and um, never was really looking to go too far out. Uh, although I do like that that deep self-reflection, uh, but in what I do, I need to be around folks to try to at least help them the best way I can. How about you, hot dog? I don't think it really matters to me, man. Um, I do like being home where people know me, things like that, helping out, but I've, I guess older I've gotten in life, enjoy going out and about a little bit. So, man, I don't really think it matters. I'm pretty, I'm good on both sides of the coin. It is funny though, the question that I was gonna ask Nick, it's kind of somewhere was like, would you rather be like doing this work in the US or like globally somewhere? Yeah, okay, just a broader scale. More broader of what you asked. Yeah, broader scale. Yeah, um, let's see. For me, I would say um, I'd like to be where, you know, I know my family is, so people know me, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there are advantages for that. So it helps, you know, trying to get started in practice, build a business, that kind of stuff for me professionally, but is also a hindrance too because, you know, some of these people you grow up with, they're like, oh, man, I remember this guy. What the heck? I can't ever go see him for anything. So, uh, there are some downfalls for it too, but overall, I would say stay where where I'm known. It's uh, easier to get started, I guess. God put you where He wants you when He needs you there, Johnny. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick. Let's delve on into the topic, buddy. Why don't you kind of give us maybe some general information about um, you know your life, maybe growing up, things like that, and what got you to the point with you know where you're at right now. Sounds good. I would say just general information, uh, youngest of six, born and raised in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, Damn. <laughs> four of them are step siblings, but we're, we're very, we're very close. So it's, it's really just family. Uh, let me think. Uh, I would say born and raised Catholic, but my faith journey really started, I would say about junior year in college. I had kind of gone down the path of like always making to Sunday church after like a confirmation and simply like trying to keep to the faith, but always just this, like, there's more to it. And I don't know what to do. And I realized I didn't have a faith community. Like family is great, but it's not always the easiest, like a conversational dive deep into faith with them. And so I got involved at the Newman center at McNeese. That's where I went to college and within that was for senior year and within a pretty much from august then and you know now i'm here in october of the following year i had a very immediate quick turnaround of getting involved in the community and becoming a focused missionary i'd say the pathway of how that happened was i went to a candlelight mass they would do candlelight mass and adoration for uh every week during this fall semester and on thursdays and afterwards very shy guy i just went and sat at a table in the newman center by myself and while everyone's talking and then one of the missionaries comes and finds me just like what's your name like introduces himself and from then i joined two bible studies like through that grew in friendship with him and the other missionaries and then and he invited me into discipleship, which is one-on-one time with each other. Just the way it was phrased, it's not a teacher-student like relationship. It's a we're both chasing Jesus Christ together. And I want to like help you do that. And so through that, 
initially, like after I think about like a month of doing that, he gave me the invitation to like, I'm going to send you the application for to be a focused missionary. I never opened it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then um, he invited me to seek. And kind of the theme of this whole faith journey is just when something has been offered other than that first application, it was just diving in to the next things I knew, like I just needed to keep getting involved. And so SEEK is the National Conference for Focus. We are going to have it, uh, it's in January 1st through the 5th this year. And I went last year for SEEK 23. And it's one of those places, and like the way someone phrased it was, if you wanted to encounter Jesus in a new way, like show up, because you will. And it's the, uh, I went there, you get to, last year we had something like 17,000 people from across the nation and some international. And it's just being in like basically a football stadium full of students, like our students, missionaries, and like their supporters all in one big arena, like, like at mass adoration and like talks, it's a beautiful thing. And they had a night where they're having a, like, uh, kind of like almost an invitation to join focus night for the men. And, uh, I went up with them and the guy tells us, I'll just call it amazing story. I can't remember it perfectly, but he essentially said that his great grandfather was saved by someone like in the heat of battle and that person left an impression of faith on him. He started his faith and with each generation, less and less of his sons have continued in the faith. And the guy speaking to us was like, you know, his great grandbaby and he's the only one out of his brothers who continues the faith. And so it's just this lasting impact story. I like told him to like, give me the ticket for like the interview weekends and so like my the my disciple looked at me with the big cheesy smile and was just like that's my boy and, uh, <laughs> from then on it just went to interview weekends and you know they it's a you either get the offer or you don't and then you can you can keep going back if you want to with interview weekends but they offered me a three-year uh three-year commitment it's normally a two thing and we'll talk more about it sure sure later but i'm part of something called the bosco project so i get an extra year with it but that's sort of like how it became to be man so it sounds like god just continued opening the doors for you and you kept walking through them to get you where you are huh yeah it's uh it's it's the like when you're following god's plan it's not easy but there things just work out usually yeah, and it's funny because, you know, you talked about um, getting that first offer and not even considering it. And I think that's how most of us are, where we have an opportunity, we have a, an opening uh, that most of us, you know, encounter those kind of things and we look the other way or run the other way. Uh, so I think that's a pretty common reaction, but uh, I'm glad that you heard the call and responded to it. What's your thoughts on like just putting yourself in the proximity of being closer to people that might get you closer to God? And I just think about your, you know, your senior year or your, you know, you're finally going into Newman and just, you know, you're meeting some new people and look at one thing leads to the next. And, you know, it's like, it's God's will and it, for you to do that. But it was, I think a lot of people sometimes are probably waiting for someone to come knock on the door, but I think there takes a little effort on our side to at least put ourselves in an environment where you might not have all the answers, but you're, you're in an environment that maybe God's going to open that door for you. Any thoughts on that? That's one of my like favorite, like actors, Denzel Washington, 
he said like a um thing of like you hang around the barber shop enough you'll eventually get a haircut it's like the you um if you put yourself around people who will your best and like live the life you want to live like in a very virtuous way like you just there's this um I'd say pull in your heart that it's like like I want what they have but like you know for me it's like I don't want to be them but like the way they're living is like incredible and I I want to be a part of that too so I, I like like with y'all's podcast like it's kind of like the y'all hang out together at times and like are like good friends and it's like y'all built each other up like and y'all have continued this relationship for almost 200 episodes <laughs> yeah which is pretty wild in and of itself <laughs> um tell us about this so you, you had alluded to it with getting offered you know a two or a three-year deal um can you talk us through that process and so far as why were you chosen specifically to be on the three-year plan the, the differentiation there so then it's normally a two-year plan you're just simply you the term is you go to a traditional campus or an expansion campus the difference is uh the traditional campuses where focus has been there for however many years it's just simply you're going to fill a spot that is vacant and then an expansion campus is where focus hasn't been there for a few years or has never been there and so you're kind of like the starting the mission there and so the three-year thing, the Bosco project is a, I call it a project slash initiative that started last year, that it's an extra year for male formation that like some men can become better leaders once they get to campus. And so right now I'm the normal missionary team, depending on the size of the campus can be somewhere between four and like eight, sometimes even more missionaries between men and women. But this is a house of 12 guys that we're all living together in Nebraska and like all being, uh, being missionaries for one campus. And so this, this project specifically is instead of spending probably like 80 to 90% of our time on campus, it's probably like a 60, 40, 70, 30 of formation slash group and personal formation and then go to campus. So we're kind of like doing the missionary work, not per se on the side, but it's less intense than normal campus. And the kind of reason for that is that they, as far as they say, they see potential in all the guys that like they're giving this offer to that we're maybe not ready for traditional campus, but they, with some extra formation, they think would be like a great addition. So what does the uh, process look like whenever you go to campus or y'all going out and trying to have conversations with people when they're walking through the quads or are you going through to a Newman club, Newman center, something like that? What does that look like? Because I know you talked about you being shy and that may not be uh, an easy thing for you to do. Um, And how did you overcome some of those things? If that's the case. The normal thing is most campuses, even expansion campuses have a Newman center. So there is like a Catholic club presence so normally it's like initially getting involved with them like learning the people there building relationships and then like getting onto campus like through like kind of like you said through the quads like finding people where they are where where are the hot spots like the lunchroom and things of that nature to just have a conversation with people for for our campus though 
this campus doesn't have it didn't have a Newman Center before we came. And so we're truly like just starting the groundwork for everything. And for me, it's been the lunchroom has been my place of success so far. I've had lunch with the wrestling team a few times and they seem I just mentioned it the last time I was there and they seem inter- like interested so actually excited to have me come to their like workouts but I do have to go talk to the coach to do that so that's like the next big like step of like <laughs> gotta go do that and like bite the bullet and see if like you'll like want me there or not but uh I can't wait to hear how this wrestling match goes I'm sure <laughs> you're gonna have to get in on that yeah. they they <laughs> I was I was a runner in high school, so like it was like cross country and track, and so I told them I'm like I have zero experience. I'll join in, and like you know if you if you want to like tear me up or like just like I like hopefully be nice a little bit, but we'll have fun with it. So Nick, I have a question for you. So you said this all kind of came about for your senior year. Did you have other plans that you might have thought were best for you, and then God opened this door and led you down this path that you thought you may be doing when you graduated? It was really just the what to like what job to do. There was really no like missionary plan slash really anything else. It was just a big concern of what career do I actually want to do with my life. I've learned from I, I worked for my mom for a, a summer of basically just doing paperwork. And I was like, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> but uh but uh, otherwise, like that was pretty much it. Just finding my path, and this allowed me one more formation formation time in the faith, which I needed, and then also time to mature and then find out what my path, what am I, what I want my path to be. So, what do you find has been most challenging for you um, leaving and going and starting this process? It's it's willing willingness, but the like willing willingly being in a forced position to grow in the like trust in god that you're in this position where you you know you're with people you don't know you're with like leaders that you don't know and you're supposed to just basically figure it out along the way and present the mission to people you've never met and so it's just this you have to trust god because if you go in your own power or your own like grace you will like you'll fail and fail again and be discouraged and so for me like that's been the most challenging part and then the along with that with how much grace and i would just say improvement as these few months have gone on in my faith there's been increasing opposition and so it's like as you grow in the faith you are more challenged in many ways you know, I think one of the biggest struggles a lot of us have is is expressing our faith and, and showing that in the day-to-day of life when we have the opportunity to do those things, you know, uh, and I guess that would be, you know, when you're on campus and you're just sort of engaging these uh, students, you know, is that something like your mission is to do that, you know? And so have you found any uh, good ways or thoughts or any thoughts on how to maybe sort of start those conversations? Is it you know, kind of establishing rapport and, and trying to find a mutual sort of um, interest and then sort of finding a way to do it? Or they just kind of look at your life that you're leading and that sort of what inspires the conversation. The phrase we like to use a lot is a both and that uh, you, 
it's kind of like the like the dilemma of like what does it mean to bear witness to the gospel because you can simply live your life like as great and perfect like like in love with jesus as much as possible but if you're not reaching out if you're not like bridging that gap between people like they will just simply see you and you're just going to be another person but the the way i found is the it is building rapport with people but it's asking like subtle questions to get the ball rolling of like like i'm interested like i want to be interested in your life like what you like to do and all these things but like what is your faith background is there a faith background and then it's at you the the whys and what's and and then like you just the way my discipler put it he's like my job is literally to hang out with you guys and then talk about the faith and so that's like it's a it's a simple thing it's just daunting with people you don't know but like that i said the last lunch period i had mentioned about inviting them to bible study and like things of that nature and they were like that sounds awesome and i was just like only only god could make people say that <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Do you have a, for going in and starting a conversation with people that you don't know, do you have a go-to favorite icebreaker that you, you try to get out there to get started? My brother is a Catholic uh, priest and they sent them that out on missionary work to go on campuses and, you know, just start conversation just, you know, a week at a time or something like that. So they were just trying to encounter people between class and have conversations with them uh which was very difficult so do you have a, a strategy or something that you like to start off with uh, one of our team leaders luke his thing is a uh, fun family and then faith and then so like initially like the big thing is like obviously get someone's name and then although i'm very terrible at it remembering their name because it's like because if you constantly have to keep remembering it's like well he doesn't really know me or he doesn't care but it's like, you know, what do you do for fun? Because that's usually where most people's passion is at. And then family life, you know, that's a very important key topic. And it's usually you don't immediately dwell very deeply in that. And then it's like, you do you have a faith background? Like, do, like, what's your experience with the faith? And then from there, you just kind of bounce off what they say. And so it's like one of the things like a trying to think like with wrestling it's like what got you interested did you always like wrestling one of the guys played football for 12 years and then he's like i've only played i done wrestling for two years i think i'm gonna stick with wrestling i'm like you know like why would you switch up like that and they he jokingly was like it was pure pressure because everyone said i'd be a great uh great wrestler just because i was a big dude and flexible and i was just like <laughs> <laughs> makes sense let's go yeah pretty much <laughs> So, Nick, tell us about this. You're up in, it's Nebraska? Yes. Uh, the college is Crete, in Crete, Nebraska. Okay. And how did you get assigned to that specific uh, place? I, I'm assuming this takes university, takes place all over the country, whatnot. How did they decide where you were going? I understand with the, the other 12 and that initiative, but in so far as it being in Nebraska. The Bosco project specifically, they have, we only have two houses right now. The, this year was the addition of the Crete slash Denton location. We live in Denton, but uh, the original one was in Denver, Colorado. And so right now for, for me specifically, it was just like a 50, 50 that they were just like going to either send me to Denver or uh, Denton. And, but normally it's, they usually don't put you back like right where you're from 
there's a there's a rule that you can't go back to the college you just graduated from at least for a few years because they're like they don't want you to just hang out with your friends and not really like be on fire for the mission type thing but for for us it or let me phrase that for the traditional side they send you somewhere where they think you would be a good fit with your personality and just overall who you are and so for me like with my leaders, they're like, Nick, you're probably not a huge school guy when it comes to your two year, because after this year, I'll be sent to a traditional campus for two years. And so they were like, uh, Nick, you're probably going to be sent to a smaller school just because it's like you, you you fit in with a smaller school. You came from a smaller school, but, you know, they could send me to like a massive school if they wanted to. And I'm just I'm down for whatever at this point. <laughs> Um, tell us this, what do you, a few months into the journey, do you think this is something you're like, man, I can see why God led me down the path. You still trying to decipher that you feel good about the decision made. It's, it's absolutely like, I can see it. The, the way I phrase it to my family, the first initial month of being here was a bit hectic because our house wasn't fully finished. And so we had six guys in one room, four guys in another and like the two leaders with their own. So it was just kind of compact. And like with that, there's some stresses that come up with that. But when we got to spread out and like uh, fully finish the house and there was like a bit more uh, consistent structure, there was just this overwhelming peace to the point of like even talking with family. I was like, I genuinely don't know how to act because I've never been in this level of peace in my life. And so this. Wow. This this uh this journey, just these first like from these first three months, it has been a overwhelmingly just healing and like growing journey that the particularly in prayer. And so I can again I can absolutely see why God led me here. And it just seems like a building towards whatever vocation he calls me to. Awesome. Yeah, very cool, man. And and we've appreciated the time and we're going to kind of start winding our way down here. We wanted to, like I kind of prelude told you, we like to ask all our guests, um, who or what is driving your car? That could be proverbial for like, who or what's driving your life? Um, is it, you know, what you're doing up there in Nebraska? It could be your family, it could be your friends, it could be natural elements, all kind of things. What comes to your mind when we ask you that, Nick? Trust in God has been the big thing for a while recently the going on this mission the initial just like acceptance of the offer from talking to students like there's a lot of fear a lot of anxiety from time to time but it's like you've called me here for a reason like you wouldn't call me here if you just wanted me to crash and burn and so like even with the offer of like coming on here on the podcast like the initial thing was like crap like uh <laughs> there was like this initial like fear but then it was like this is an opportunity to one, like spread God's mission, like with focus. And then also like to get outside of my shell a bit, like to grow in the way of speaking. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so it's this trust has been growing and it's just kind of like with the diving into the next thing. A lot of the time recently they'll ask for volunteers, like who wants to lead this or that. And I'll just, cause it's like, I'll just raise my hands. And even though there's times when I've raised my hand and we're just like, why'd I do that? It's, <laughs> it's just diving in and trusting that God's will like 
is propelling me forward. That's awesome. Hey, Nick, I know that um, I'm assuming your ministry uh, relies on a lot of support from people donating and don't worry. Dr. Caraway's about to be in with you. You know, <laughs> I was just wondering, is there a way that people can connect with you or your ministry to help support what you're doing? Yes. The, uh, the simplest way is if you go to focus.org, they have, I forget what the bun is specifically called. It's either find a missionary or support a missionary. And you can search up anyone's name, Nick Verrett. Apparently I'm like the only, like just Nick, there's always Nicholas. I'm like the first name that comes up somehow. Oh, that'll be easy. <laughs> we have like a thousand missionaries. So it's, it's very like weird that it works like that. But you go to, we each have like our support page. And on that support page, it has a support link where you could um, do a one-time donation. You can, uh, it has all our contact info. So if you needed to send a check, we could like tell you where to send it or like monthly donations, things of that nature. And so you simply just go to focus and if you want to support a random missionary there's a long list and so you could just you and then you with the support page you get to see into a bit of our personality and you get to learn the person a little bit so what would you say to someone who hears your story and and feels like that that is interesting to them and they may be, they may be called to that kind of life do you have a resource or somewhere you would direct uh someone of that interest I would say kind of go down the line of talk to your local chaplain. I would say it focuses more, more new in the South. It's not, it's been there for a bit, but it, it did initially start in the North. And so like talk to your local chaplain, if they know about focus, they would more like more than likely know someone to contact. But then if not, it's simply go to focus.org. And I genuinely do not know where it would be on there, but they're, would be like a support section to like ask questions slash find someone to talk to. Very cool. Well, Nick, uh, we appreciate the time uh, you joining us today, breaking out of the shell. I kind of figured that out whenever I was talking to you. This might be a little a little something out of the box, and I'm, I'm appreciative the, that you folks let you do it too. Hop on board over there. Uh, I know you had to get some permission to hop on. So, uh, listeners, if y'all want to donate, reach out. I think it'd be a great thing, and um, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank y'all so much for the invite. Y'all are y'all been great. Yeah, thank awesome. you, Nick. We yeah, appreciate the conversation. Really, yeah. It's nice to see uh, somebody from hometown getting out there and spreading the word. Uh, so keep up the good work, buddy. With uh, with being in Nebraska, the temperatures are much nicer. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's been a solid mornings of like thirty to forty degrees, and the only gets up to seventy. And so, like, I called back home, and someone's like, "It's low." It's 92 right now i'm just like <laughs> yeah that's it's not bad <laughs> all right nick well we appreciate you joining us and uh guys we appreciate y'all tuning in to the cast this week until next time we'll catch y'all later Aye. hey y'all if you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down subscribe and never miss an episode find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I need. Yeah. If you feel like this your best life, won't you sing with me? I
de verdad me 